This podcast is for anyone that works with clients at an ad or marketing agency, also known as a sued traditionally. This is your chance to hear from client service veterans and other industry professionals on everything advertising and account management related. My hope is every episode will all get a little better at what we do every day. Well, howdy, SuitsCast listeners. As is the case every time, this is your host, Brooklyn Cravens. Wanted to start off this episode a little bit differently. And before we get into the proper show, wanted to just keep everybody in the loop about a couple of housekeeping updates on my end. Ever since I started SuitsCast at the very end of 2017, it's been so humbling these past number of months to see my listenership grow, my subscribers grow, and just being able to continue bringing meaningful episodes and content to those of us in the agency account management side of things. And with that being said, uh, if you have been following the show since I started it, you probably have noticed that my rate of releasing episodes has definitely slowly but surely slowed down. And there's some a couple reasons for that. And two primary ones uh, were the ones I wanted to address today. The first, which is a pretty awesome update, is that I actually ended up pursuing a different job opportunity with a different agency. I am now a campaign operations manager for Goodway Group, and they're not a full service agency in the traditional sense, but they are definitely an awesome digital shop with numerous in-house digital capabilities with a special focus on programmatic campaigns. And if you're listening and you're already in the ad tech space or depending on what agency you work for, you've probably already heard of or might even be working with Goodway Group, which would be pretty cool in that case. But anyway, with that being said, this is a little bit of of a disclaimer in terms of being an announcement in that this episode and the two episodes that are going to be following this, I actually ended up bulk recording those in advance before that job switch became official. And so if you go to suitscast.com or my LinkedIn and you see him a good way, but then you hear on the next few episodes that I'm still with Benedict Advertising and Marketing, I just wanted to clear that up and make sure there wasn't any confusion there. Uh, now, you might be wondering, uh, well, Brooklyn, campaign ops is usually much less client facing, and I have to agree with you. Uh, I am definitely going to be um, not really in front of clients uh, nearly as much as I've been used to the past few years. And so that's going to give me a lot to think about related to new content for the show. Um, but just as I settle in my role or these next few months, I'm definitely going to be putting a lot of hard thought into, uh, you know, continuing the show with with equal and meaningful content as it relates to account management. Uh, you might also be thinking, uh, well, Brooklyn, if you're a one man show uh, for Suitscast and it takes time to just prospect, interview, record, edit, publish one episode, how in the world did you bulk up on three? Uh, and that actually leads me to my next point, which is an even more awesome personal announcement. I don't think I've really mentioned this on the show too much, if at all, but my wife and I are actually expecting a baby and he is going to be here in August. So we've got about a month before he's here. And so in in addition to the job change, I've been buying baby stuff. I've been putting together and planning baby stuff, going to baby classes, trying to get a ton of stuff done throughout the house. Suffice it to say, my schedule uh, as it relates to just about anything is very different. And I suspect uh, for those of you that may or may not be parents, I suspect that my schedule is probably going to continue to not be the same uh, after Carson, uh, which is going to be his name after Carson gets here. And so I do ask you to bear in mind uh, between the baby and the new job, there's 
there's just a lot personally, a lot of just transitions going on that, again, are contributing to me not being able to put out my standard one to two episodes per month like I think I had originally had had as my outlook. So that's all for now. Just wanted to keep you guys in the loop. Um, as I said before, I'm always looking at uh, what are going to be some new creative ways to find awesome guests to talk to client service and account management about and what that's going to look like as I get into this next chapter of life. So anyway, I hope everyone is doing well and I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's go ahead and get started. So today on Facebook, my wife tagged me on an article that was titled 18 People Who Failed So Hard in the Kitchen, You Won't Know Whether to Laugh or Cry. And if I were to ask, where do you think that article came from? I'm confident that a lot of you would probably guess BuzzFeed. And that would be correct, first of all. And it's actually where our guest comes from today. BuzzFeed is so big as a brand and a media content company now, they really have taken uh, you know, the social media world by storm with their various articles and content. They uh, own Tasty, which in addition to BuzzFeed, I think all of us have seen the delicious recipe videos that they do with some great angles, shots, and just delicious foods that make us want to hop in the kitchen and cook. And so it's so ironic that she tagged in that article because, like I said, that is where our guest comes from today. Uh, she is actually uh, on the client services team at BuzzFeed. Her name is Natalie Sarabino. Uh, full disclosure, we actually are uh, University of Florida grads at the same year. She had a, a great time at UF and even beyond. She was actually the president of the Ad Society while we we were both at UF. And right when she was done with UF, she, like a rock star, went straight up to New York City, began right in the agency world. She has great experience managing accounts at big agencies like Saatchi and Saatchi, BBDO, also at small agencies like MKG. And she's worked with some really cool accounts over the years, like Miller Coors, Delta Airlines, Bloomingdale's. And as I said, now she finds herself uh, doing the same client thing over at, uh, at BuzzFeed. And like I said, we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about related to BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed and, and what it's like to really work at a company like that and manage accounts at such a huge media content company. Uh, how are you doing today, Natalie? Did I did I miss anything? <laughs> no, excellent. You really covered a lot of bases. Let's talk about doing the client thing. I like that. Yeah, 100 percent. And it's it's really fascinating. You know, I, I kind of think of myself as a little boring starting out at a media agency and just going to one full service agency, which not not calling my agency boring because we're not, but such a fascinating fascinating trajectory that you've had being at different agencies in New York and now being at BuzzFeed and you've been managing accounts along the way. What has account service looked like for you as you've kind of journeyed through different agencies up to where you're at now? Yeah, yeah. I always um, I always felt like I had like this uh, Barbie syndrome where like every day I could kind of imagine myself doing something different. And unfortunately, when it came to like time to actually work, there was, you know, I was always really excited about the project or the client or whatever, but you know, you can kind of get into a rhythm. And, and I think that sometimes we're told like we have to stay at one place for a long time and prove yourself. And I kind of just never really prescribed to that. <laughs> you know, I felt like the more I got to experience different challenges, different clients, different projects, it would just kind of, um, give me new tools along the way. So yeah, I bopped around a little bit. Um, and I'd say what changes client to client is not that much and also everything. Cause, um, it's really what changes about the problem you're solving. You know, I think there's, uh, what's cool about our jobs is that we're kind of really taught a specific way to approach a problem to really diagnose like 
a strategy and a brand and how we're going to talk to consumers and how we're going to make this message more human. And, and that's really interesting and, and kind of a way gives you a framework that you can really take anything on. Um, and what's exciting about our job is that those problems change so much client to client, agency to agency, and, and come with a whole different set of exciting things. So that's what I think is fun about our jobs is that it just changes a lot, which definitely keeps in with what I'm looking for is something different every day. 100%. I think being able to not be bored on a daily basis is one of my favorite things about being in the agency space, managing clients. And one of the things that I actually do remember from college is always hearing the theories about what's different at a small agency versus a large one. Me being in a small one, you know, you wear a lot of different hats and you hear, at least in my position at large agencies, there's a lot more structure there. Um, as you kind of have jumped between some of the different agencies, uh, were there any major similarities or big differences between, uh, I guess, managing accounts at really big ones and smaller ones. What, what were those differences and similarities like? Yeah, I think definitely like the bit, the main difference is just manpower. At a big agency, you staff up and you have coordinators who have managers, who have supervisors, who have directors, and it's really a large team and you kind of approach things in a very processed way. And as you go to smaller agencies, they just you don't have that the same manpower there. So you, like you said, you wear a lot of hats and it's a really good experience to kind of take off those layers sometimes, take the training wheels off and really, um, dive in. I'm kind of a fan of getting both, you know, on your resume at some point in your career and, you know, and you, and, and working at small agency is great because you just really get to dive in, in that way. But I would say, I think that the whole industry is kind of, turning towards the the leaner team, you know, at, at BuzzFeed, it's, it's a large company, but there is no hierarchy. This, most of the organizations are structured intentionally very flat so that, you know, you're really kind of in charge and on your own to kind of figure things out. And, um, and I think that can be, you know, good and bad. Sometimes it's hard to just kind of stare down the day and not have someone, you know, to turn to and say like, oh, what are we going to do? Like, what are we, how are we going to respond to this email? How are we going to figure this out? Um, so there's, there's definitely pluses and minuses to both approaches. Well, and that's, that's interesting. And that's exactly what my next question was. Uh, so you, you did make the jump to Buzzfeed. Uh, it sounds like that there, like you said, there's no hierarchy. A lot of the motivation probably comes within and from just working together as a team organically. What is the account team structure specifically like at Buzzfeed? Yeah. So, you know, it can't really function like an agency because it's not like we have these contracts or relationships where person's going to create a year of content with us or signed on, you know, for a multi-year contract, you know, it's really, uh, it has to be nimble because we're kind of always, you know, fighting to find those media dollars project to project. Um, so how it works is there's, uh, the, the teams are split up into verticals and there's a sales team that has a set book of clients for each of the verticals. And then there's a team of client service managers who are really like their right hand man to, to manage the internal process and both kind of game plan how we're going to attack approaching the client. So how my team works, I work in uh, financial insurance clients mostly. And I, you know, me and a, and, uh, a seller are, are paired up and we have a book of clients and we just kind of attack it together. Um, it's almost, it's interesting because it's almost, I would say the really like similar to how in the agency world, you know, you pair up 
um, strategist and creative sometimes or uh, art director and a, and a, uh, copywriter, a copywriter. Right. It's kind of like that relationship. Yeah. It's kind of like that relationship where it's like you kind of handle different things, but you really are attacking it together. Yeah, that's interesting. So, uh, you know, I guess just to kind of dive a little bit more into the verticals and how you kind of have a book of business, is it, uh, and this dives back into kind of my ad tech uh, days when I was kind of doing the the sales and account management thing. Is it more of like you you attack your book of business from like a an upsell opportunity? Do you work together to go after new folks? You know, what is what does that look like on a day to day level? Yeah. So the reason why I was recruited at BuzzFeed was to kind of approach it in more of a the way that a creative agency would treat it like business that we've already won and and kind of give it that level of client service so that it's not so much of an upsell of like, let me sell you again. But here we gotcha. established such a good working relationship. We understand your business. Like it just makes sense to keep working with us. So it's it's really trying to kind of grow this more project by project business pace into like a retained account structure, which has been really challenging. But you know, it's, I think that's just part of the whole media landscape is changing. And I think, you know, I think agencies are becoming more project basis and publishers are trying to act like agencies and we'll probably find some middle ground in between all of that. That's completely different. That's a very good point. And that is something that we actually, I've, I've got some questions for you about the, the changing landscape of agencies for sure. Now, going back to, like you said, it's, it's very flat. Uh, there is very little hierarchy and it sounds like it's kind of you, um, your salesperson, you guys really work together to kind of attack the day because there is a lot of that self-motivation and that self-determination in there. Uh, what's a daily habit that you you employ in your position that you feel is essential to have a productive day? Yeah. So I'm not a huge prescriber into the, like the old way of thinking of like, you got to be the first person in and the last person out and you got to have like right, right. your to-do list and you're this, like that's, I think everyone has to figure out like their productive moments. And like, I am not a morning person, but I like love slamming out a 1am email. So you have to kind of like structure your day to what's going to work for you. So I always like block out time in my calendar of like, here's my when I'm like, more creative at 3pm, I need to be working on on decks and stuff like that. And like, when I get in the morning, that's when I want to like walk around and talk to people and make sure I'm like, in caught up with all the different teams that I'm working with. And, and, you know, I'll get to my, I know that I, at 1am, I'm happy to like go through emails. So like save those things for the, the end of the day. And I think if you like stress too much about working on other people's schedules or, the optics of things. It's you just waste your, your, your best energy. And I think finding what's productive for you and kind of knowing yourself is like the first step. And I'm a big fan of like picking up the phone and having conversations with people. I think that, that there's so many great tools that to, that help us, um, keep things moving and organized, but they also can really take the human element out of our job. You know, the slacks and the G chats and the Google docs and all of that stuff. It's like, it's, it's, at a certain point, if you are, you know, G chatting the person that sits next to you, like something's wrong, you know, like our, <laughs> everyone we work, we're in this business because we like people and we like talking to people and we like figuring things out. Like, let's do it together, you know, talking to each other. I think it just, it leads to a more collaborative work 
you know, vibe. And I think you really have to, in our roles, create that, you know, so it's kind of on us to start the conversation. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a really good approach. And uh, like you said, I think that between technology and just how the workplace, especially in the agency space is changing, you really do have to find your own identity. And I think that's really cool that you guys are able to pull that off at at such a a large, well-known company. Now, with that being said, sometimes when you work with a large team, there can be some natural obstacles there as you kind of have your workflow other people in, in the other verticals, it sounds like, probably have their own workflow. Uh, how do you overcome those natural obstacles so that you guys can remain collaborative? I think definitely the hardest part is um, it's really easy to feel siloed because I would say it's different at an agency. Everyone's incentivized by more or less the same thing. We want to keep the, the client and we want to make the best creative possible. But like in our world, there's so many different incentives. The seller is after you know, the sale and the commission and, and the, their quotas and their numbers. And, you know, the, the client service manager has all of the margins to think about and, and the, the like day-to-day processes, the new things that are changing in the company. And then there's all these other teams like the distribution team that's really in touch with the audience and the creative team who's like trying to make sure that the content still feels native. And I, it felt, it was the first time leaving the agency world where I really felt like we are not all trying to do the same thing. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is just understanding what is their incentive, what is what is it that they're focused on, their goal, of, and and kind of trying to force the alignment between all of them. You know, you at the end of the day, we all want the same thing, so we just have to make sure that we're like speaking the same language and having that you know empathetic outlook of let me let's let's win together. Right, being able to to take other teams' end goals, steer it so that we're all aligned together. I think that's an important trait that you've probably been able to successfully do at other agencies. That's I, I would imagine it's greatly benefiting you at BuzzFeed, which is really cool to hear. Kind of, I guess, going along with that, when it comes to managing accounts, like you said, some of the different verticals it can feel siloed as everyone has their very specific focuses. Even when you're probably sometimes will compare BuzzFeed's services and capabilities to something like a, a traditional or digital agency, they're very different. Uh, how How is, and you did just mention earlier that it is a little bit different, of course, at BuzzFeed than at an agency, but is it? do you feel like it's more difficult? Do you feel like it's easier in just handling accounts overall with BuzzFeed structure? <sighs> it's hard to say if it's more difficult or, or easier. You know, I, I'd say there's like, I say that the, the the newest thing that's the hardest, I would say, is the um, the rate that things change, which is probably why, which is also BuzzFeed's strength. You know, like you said at the beginning of the of the podcast, like there's so many different types of content we make. People don't even realize that we're tasty. People don't even realize that we're worth it. And we're all these shows and different things because we're making an insane amount of content every day, like 700 pieces of content every day. So we're always testing new things. But then that always also leads to a really, really fast rate of change and fast rate of developing new products. So it's kind of like, we're building things and selling things before they are things. And it's like your job to know what they are and then also figure out a process for them. And then also make sure that we are all like understand what, what works about it. And so there's kind of like, there's like this, this, there's, you're doing 10 things at once and, and, and figuring it out along the way. So I think that that happened a little bit at, at, at agencies too. Like it's, definitely part of, you know, the job, but I would just say the, the rate at which it happens feels so much faster. And maybe that's just the industry speeding up, but, um, it it definitely can get overwhelming. 
Well, and, and I think at BuzzFeed, it's a, it's definitely, I could see it definitely being more difficult because at the agency side, at the minimum, you know, you're coming up with a good idea and coming up with com- some concepts on how to execute it. But at somewhere like BuzzFeed, not only are you coming up with the idea, but you actually have to execute it and hope that you get it right is what it sounds like. Oh, yeah. And then prove that it got it right. And then, and then, yeah, totally. And half the time clients come to us and say, we want a first to market idea, something that's never been done before, but you need to like guarantee that it's going to be successful. <laughs> it's like, okay, great. No problem. We can totally do that. Isn't it funny how uh, the, the client requests, whether you're at an agency or, or something a little different like Buzzfeed, still some of those, uh, some of those unreasonable requests still end up taking form in some shape. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the request we get the most is, can we go viral? Like, you know, oh, which geez. I know everyone gets that, but, but at Buzzfeed, they're like, you guys don't want to make things go viral. It's like, ugh. yeah. It's, 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 it's so complicated, but I have to say that is like the strength of Buzzfeed is to really diagnose and dive into like, we have an insane amount of data scientists and uh, analytics that goes behind all of this content that, you know, there's nothing that we do that doesn't go, it doesn't become like really, really measured and become a data point that, that we all can kind of learn from. So it's just a matter of like doing the work to, to pay attention and to, to try to keep up with how quickly our own content is changing. Oh yeah. And, and that does kind of harken back to something I wanted to, to touch on earlier. You mentioned that there's, there's almost like as, as the, the landscape of agencies and, and media agencies is changing where agencies and publishers are more and more kind of looking like each other. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like you said, Buzzfeed has a whole team of data scientists to be experts on measuring your platform, one platform. And there's all kinds of other big platforms out there. Whereas, you know, an agency might have the data analyst team to measure all platforms. And so I, I think I can totally totally see how big publishing content companies like BuzzFeed are in some ways taking over um, some of the roles of agencies. And it's, it's a fascinating process to see. Do you think that uh, companies like BuzzFeed uh, will really kind of overall replace agencies in the future? You know, how, I guess, to kind of carry over your thoughts before of how the landscape is changing, what do you think the future will look like in terms of advertising agencies and content in that regard? You know what? It's hard to say. I feel like that the the ad agency world has to change first because the relationships that I find work the best uh, on the publisher side, when we're working with agencies, the, people, the agencies that seem to be tapping us to do our best work and really get the most out of our audience and make something impactful are, agents, are agencies that are set up to be collaborative themselves. So the creative and the media agency is, is a lot of times under the same roof or um, have a close enough working relationship that it doesn't become like swim lanes of like, Oh, well, that's more of a media idea. or That's more of a content idea. Cause it has to kind of all be the same thing. You know, right. when you think about when I was at, uh, AAE at Saatchi, like when we thought of content that was created by someone other than us, it was so like bottom of the barrel. Nobody cared about it. It was like the added value that like the, the lowest person on the team managed. And now it's, it's really becoming the main event, the hero assets, because you kind of have to get the most out of your dollars. So why would you pay a creative agency to create something that doesn't have distribution or an audience versus creating something that, that really feels made for a particular audience and, and also has guaranteed eyeballs behind it. So I think that agencies are going to have to get to a point where it's not so much like, here's this amazing idea, let's make it and give it to someone else to figure out what to do with it. But you know, creating kind of like, here's what we want to have happen. Who, who's the right audience for it? And then let's find the right people to work with to create it. And it's kind of like tapping 
you know, the BuzzFeeds and the publishers of the world to do what they do best and using them as an extension of, of their team, their working team themselves. But that really only happens when they are truly collaborative also. Oh yeah. And it's, it's definitely interesting. You know, I think back in the day, decades ago when mass media was limited to just mass media and there wasn't targeting like there was today, you know, good creative could really carry it through and you probably would hit the right audience and people would get interested in your ad because it looked nice and that's how brands would get power. But like you said, there are now platforms with specific audiences that can reach even within those audiences, very targeted demographics. And it's like from a media spend standpoint, why would you spend your or your client's dollars in any but that extremely efficient area where you know you're going to hit the audience that's going to convert for you. So I, I definitely 100% agree with that approach. Totally. With that being said, this is just kind of a curiosity thing for me as, and I think that's a very good opinion about agencies, are a lot of, whether they're yours or, or BuzzFeeds in general, do you guys find that you're servicing more agencies than you know direct in-house clients or uh, vice versa? Or is it a pretty pretty even spread right now? It really is a pretty even split. Um, I think definitely it's moving towards client direct. Well, one of my main clients is Geico. I mean, they are a best in class advertiser and they have an agency that, that, that they trust greatly to do their above the line work. And that's what they do. And they keep them in that world. But the, 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 the main thinking of thinking of all the other, you know, touch points with consumers and all these other things that they do that really create the rest of their brand, they really own that in-house and have that kind of line of sight to do it all. So we work directly with the client on that. And I think, I think that helps to kind of give them really the the line of sight to kind of really build this character. And I mean, everyone knows Geico and has like a very clear idea of who they are and how they act in market. Yeah, it's um, and it's it's a good lesson too. I think for those of us that are in the agency world, seeing and it, and it is true. I, I 100% agree. I, I do see it in articles and even in in kind of our, our small agency space. It does seem like more things are going in house, client side, less less full service structure. So um, it definitely is a good thing to be keeping keeping out for and seeing how agencies can adapt to it. Now switching the conversation a little bit and getting a little bit more granular on the trend side, we all are or at least should be aware. changing the way that the newsfeed works so that it's less favoring uh, sponsored content and it's more favoring uh, personal family friend content. Uh, how has that really affected BuzzFeed? Because I think I, I still see a ton of BuzzFeed articles, but I feel like I've seen less of a frequency in BuzzFeed and tasty content. Yeah. So we were, you know, it's, it's Facebook really is with this algorithm is, you know, owns such a large amount of all of our attention span and therefore all of these dollars and all of this ad space. But, um, we kind of were prepping for that and kind of bracing for impact and have yet to really see it affect numbers or on our side. So Good. yeah, at this point, we're cautiously optimistic. Everything seems fine. And I think that has to do with just kind of the, how the content's made. It's, you know, it's, it's not made for just here it is, read it. That's it. Everything's made to be shared. And it's made to like speak to your identity as a person and, and speak to your relationships and make you want to see it and then send it to someone like your wife is sending you this article. It's not, you know, it's not by accident. You know, there's a, there's a really complex strategic framework that the, the creative teams and edit teams use called jobs. And when they approach a piece of content, they think of what is this like, what is the job of this work? Is it t helping someone say, 
this is so me or let's do this or, oh my gosh, do you remember when? And we always think about like, what's the communication that's going to happen as a result of this? And I think that's why these algorithm changes really haven't affected us because so much of, of how people see our content isn't from us talking to them and sponsored content, but it's from their friends and from one-to-one sharing. And, 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 you know, because of that, that kind of really can't be, that's algorithm beating a little bit. Um, so we're so far so good, but you know, who knows that I'm, who knows what Mark Zuckerberg is going to do next. Well, and I'd say the jobs process is pretty efficient. Uh, I'm guessing the job of the article from my wife about uh, having a meltdown in the kitchen was to remind me how bad of a cook I am, which uh, is was very <laughs> effective. I'm definitely not a good cook, but yeah. Uh, uh, jokes aside, I, I do I do know that there's definitely a lot of talk. I think that the the, the Facebook change is really you've probably heard it too. It's more almost of like a, a Mark Zuckerberg white knighting effort just to kind of gain some reputation back because of all the fake news, um, you know, backlash that he got. God. And like you said, if, if you guys aren't really seeing too much of a change, that's awesome for you guys. That's good to see. Uh, of course, Facebook is just one of the many platforms out there. Uh, Snapchat also recently, uh, you know, changed their overall, uh, you know, UI experience and all that. Um, you know, Twitter supposedly is making a comeback. What, uh, as far as BuzzFeed and content and what, what you guys are kind of looking into next, are there any major trends or platforms or specifically in the social media world, anything you're looking out for as that evolves? Yeah, I mean, we're always trying new things out. Um, About 70 to 80% of our traffic doesn't come from our own platforms. People aren't going to BuzzFeed.com. And we don't want them to like, our content lives where everyone is spending most of their time. And that's a bunch of places, which is like all of those different platforms that, that you said and more. So I think we're always just trying to make content that makes the most sense on each of those things. So I mean, I think some of the most interesting spaces I'm excited about. Um, we're doing a lot of original programming on, on YouTube. We have like the number one show on YouTube, uh, worth it. And we're seeing like crazy, um, TV like behavior of people finding the shows at the same time every week and, and like really spending a lot more time with the content. So, you know, I think, I think there's no like there's no trend, you know, that at one point everyone's like, Oh, content needs to be 30 seconds or left. It needs to be short. It needs to, people don't want to spend time. Everyone's, you know, but I, I think, I think there's not one size fits all solution to anything. And I think we, it's, it's really going back to that jobs framework of what do people want when and, and figuring out Absolutely. how to give that to them. So yeah, Go ahead. no, no, no. So yeah, there's like every, we're doing everything from, uh, you know, original programming. We have a whole, uh, commerce team. There's like a number of products now we're making physical things. Um, you know, I think, you know, the long-term idea is to kind of just apply that same strategy and, and social, socially driven things to anything from uh, a candle to a TV show to, uh, you know, a two second video. And it's ironic hearing, uh, you know, your, your thoughts on how maybe shorter video isn't the way to go. You know, it's, it's interesting seeing some of those, those ads, I think win awards, um, you know, at some of the recent ceremonies, but, uh, it's, yeah. uh, it is true. I, I think you're right. You know, we, we see in the market that I'm in, you know, we still see for a lot of our local clients, uh, when we do surveys and everything, some of our audiences for these clients still read print ads and that's, that's where they get the most brand recalls, print ads of all places, which, you know, we, I think most people in our age group are like, oh gosh, that's horrible. Yeah. So, but it's true. People People consume content the way that they want to. And it's better It's better to try to meet your audience where they're most consuming content and how rather than trying to force them to consume something that you think is good for them. Definitely. So I like that. Approach. Yeah. And you also have to think of the message. Like, I feel like you see clients sometimes be like, we got to make a six second ad. But then you give, 
you get a three page brief. And it's like, you, if you don't have a six second <laughs> message, I can't make a six second right. app. So, you know, you got to like start with what you're trying. What are you trying to tell people and what's the best way to do that? And it's not going to be, you know, no trend can really dictate that. You know, there's the, the ways that we have to talk about things is growing and growing and growing, which is awesome and exciting. So you just always have to be ready to pull pull the right tool at the right time. Absolutely. It's on the show. I've, I've talked with some of my guests about you've got to intersect the right tool and the right tactic with the actual overall objective and strategy for what the client's trying to accomplish and find some kind of happy medium in there. Yeah, right? exactly. So um, just looking at the time here, it's crazy that uh, it has flown by almost 30 minutes now. You've given some really inspiring insights and I'm super grateful for it. Now, it sounds like you, like you said, are, are crazy busy mm-hmm. at BuzzFeed just like you would be at an ad agency with all the different teams and verticals and all the responsibilities that you and your sales partner uh, work through and being in in New York City. What is your favorite or your favorite set of hobbies that you use to just disconnect and actually refresh? Oh, I'm a, I am I, I have to get outside. I need like green space. I have to be <laughs> outside. So I would live near Central Park. And if awesome. it's remotely warm enough, I go, I'm usually outside. And I'm also a big fan of the, uh, like the social league. I do kickball. I do volleyball. I've done bocce. I'll try anything. I'm terrible at all of it, <laughs> but I just like being outside. That's right. Moving around, just uh, getting active. I'm, I'm right there with you. Exactly. So, uh, kick, yeah, kickball is a fun one. It's, uh, it's, I, I feel like it's that sport that you can do as an adult where it's like, whether you're sober or you're drunk, there's like a low risk, I guess, of getting injured. So you can kind of just go oh, for it. Great. So kickball's pretty awesome. I found a league where they, they couple your score with your score at flip cup after the bar. So you can kind of make back Ooh. points via drinking, which, you know, definitely appeals. <laughs> Oh yeah, that that adds a new angle to it, which is awesome. Yeah. So, uh, well, Natalie, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, we are pretty much near in the end of our time here, and I want to finish with a curveball question for okay. you. So, you work at BuzzFeed. What is your favorite BuzzFeed article? Mm. Um, oh my god, that's such a good question. I should have a much better answer ready. But there's this one quiz that's like, order a Subway sandwich and we'll tell you what Harry Potter house you're in. And I just, it's just like one of those like perfectly random pairings. It's like, yes, that, yes, I bet you can tell which house I am based on my meatballs parm. So. <laughs> oh, cold cut trio. Yeah. Give me, give me that little yeah, shot. You're over there, definitely so. a Slytherin with that cold cut trio, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, uh, no, that's, that's a good one. And, uh, yeah, there's always kind of always some good, crazy stuff going on over, over at Buzzfeed every day, my wife frequently sharing them. So, well, Natalie, thanks again for being on the show. It was such a pleasure having you and just hearing a little bit more about your philosophy with how you manage accounts and how you do it all specifically at BuzzFeed. Definitely looking forward just to keeping in touch with you and also just seeing seeing what happens with BuzzFeed over time. So thanks again. Great. Thanks for having me. And a huge thank you to all the guy and gal listeners out there. This is the end of another episode of SuitsCast. If you ever have a burning question you'd love to hear addressed in the show, or maybe you just want to get in touch with me and leave some feedback, I would love to hear from you. Please shoot me an email at suitscast at gmail.com. One more time, that's suitscast at gmail.com. 
And lastly, if you'd like to support Suitscast, there are two ways you can do so. The first way, if you haven't done so already, is to subscribe so you'll know exactly when the next episode is ready for your next listening session. And secondly, head on over to Apple Podcasts app if you aren't already there and leave a review for the show. Let me know and potential listeners know exactly what your thoughts are on Suitscast. And with that, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again so much. See you next time and Suits out.